You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. As we've gone through the church year and we've uh, had Pentecost several weeks ago, and we've looked at uh, the book of Acts, and we've looked at some of the things that are happening there, my heart is continually drawn to uh, the book of Acts. And as I, I continue to look at that and and inspect it and read it and open my heart to it and asking the Lord, Lord, you know the situation that we find ourselves here at, uh, at Vineyard Community Church and uh, help us to glean all the things that we can glean from, from your word and bring revelation to what will cause your church to be your church in all its fullness. Yes. <laughs> and so I've, I've, I've just been greatly blessed by, by the book of Acts. Um, we'll have quite a bit of scripture up there. I only want to preach through the first five chapters today. So uh, relax. And all the people said, help Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chuck will finish the book of Acts next week. Okay. <laughs> so just hitting some of the highlights. We, we've, we've already preached through the first two chapters, but remember in chapter one, this incredible promise that is given to us, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, okay? You're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Holy Spirit is not just for great worship. It's not just for uh, a greater awareness. It's for power. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. You're going to be witnesses. Okay? You're you're going to be witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We're going to tie that in a little later. But you are going to become witnesses. Uh, You can't be a silent witness. You can't be an anonymous witness. You might be in certain court situations, but not in the gospel proclamation. You will be a visible, public witness (laughs) in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, in Greenfield, in Indianapolis, in Indiana, in the United States, and throughout the entire globe. Okay? Just in case you weren't sure how to translate that, I'll help you apply it. Mm -hmm. So in chapter 2, we see that the Pentecost comes, and and this promise that Jesus gave is fulfilled with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And Peter gets up, and you'll notice that the common... The common theme, the common sequence of events is when the Holy Spirit comes, somebody's going to speak. When the, whole, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll have power and you'll be my witness and you will give witness by your speech. And so on, on Pentecost Sunday, as the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, he's the one that stood up and spoke as it came upon all the disciples, all in the upper room. And he came up and he declared the gospel and he preached it and there were 3,000 that came into the kingdom that day. Now that's a good church service. That, that's, that's, a good, that's a good sermon. I like that one. We've looked at that, so we won't look at it again. 
we find that from that incredible harvest of people into the kingdom, there's a, a little summary statement at the end of chapter two of the community life, how they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so we see the community life is happening. They're meeting in the temple, but they're also going from house to house, uh, eating together, sharing life together. And we'll see even later uh, that there's even a greater manifestation of the oneness of community that takes place. Okay, we got through two chapters, you okay? Chapter three is my favorite. I just love chapter three. I just love the story of the crippled man getting healed. You know, the beggar, he's, he's at the temple gates. Peter and John's on their way. He's looking for, you know, some, some uh, coins. He's looking for, uh, you know, a, 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 an expression of pity and sympathy. And uh, Peter just commands him to look at him. And he says, I don't have silver, gold, but what I have. Wow. I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise. Takes him by the hand, he comes up. Man, that's, I just love that. And, and, and you see the dynamic that it's, a, it's an emotional healing, it's a physical healing, it's a spiritual healing. There's joy, he's rejoicing, he's leaping, he's praising God, uh, all sorts of manifestations. And I, and I love the beauty of that. Okay, I'm being distracted by a committee meeting, I guess, in the... For your hands going everywhere, okay? Um, after the healing of the crippled man, Peter says, this might be a good time to, to talk about Jesus since he's the one that, that healed him. So he talks about Jesus, he, prints, he presents the gospel and they hear and they believe and everything's going fine until the, the religious folks get there and the, the, the leaders, the chief priests, they, they take offense at this. And so we begin in chapter four with them being upset. And it's really interesting that the gospel, or the, the, yeah, the Acts tells us exactly what really disturbed them. It was... that they were proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. That's what got them. So you knew that some of those religious leaders had to be Sadducees because the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. They, be they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And so they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe. Mm -hmm. So that's really poor, okay. <laughs> so this begins courtroom drama number one. We get two courtroom dramas in the early part of Acts, and this is the courtroom drama number one. And so here they are. They arrest them. They put them in jail. They're there overnight. They come out. Next day, they bring them before the, the, the Sanhedrin, and the question that is to be answered, by what power or what name did you do this? Now, if you talk about a slow pitch coming in, if you talk about teeing it up, oh my, Peter was probably licking his chops on that one. 
That was an invitation to share the gospel. I'm going to get my Bible opened up here. So Peter says, oh, glad you asked. That's good. The scripture says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. We get at the end of the Gospels that Jesus breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts, the, the tongues of fire, the mighty wind, the rushing, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And now, once again, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a good case to understand what Paul's talking about when he says, be continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's something that we don't, I, I, I have a lot of friends that they have an experience with the Holy Spirit. They earn their badge. Um, so now they're, oh, gosh, forgive me, I only know Cub Scouts. So they got their wolf badge. And the Holy Spirit badge, so they've got that. And now they forget that and they move on to other things. And oftentimes that's the way it appears in, in the body of Christ. That, you know, we have this encounter with the Holy Spirit. We may speak in other tongues or we may flip-flop or have some emotional experience or something like that. But we have it and, and we think, okay, I've got that one. It's under my belt. Let's move on to the next one. When actually this is the thing that is supposed to be continuous, continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time experience. You will know the first time that it happens, but you'll also know the other times that it happens. And I, I find that the more, one of the ways, it, how many would like for it to happen a little more often? You'd like, oh my. then open your mouth and be a witness. Real easy. Obey what the Lord is telling you to do. I can't wait till we get to chapter five. I got to go ahead and give it to you right now. You know, because Peter and John say, and we are witnesses of, the, of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God gives to those who obey. There is a direct correlation to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life and your walk in intimate obedience to what the Lord leads and directs. If, if you're not in a case, if you're not in a situation, if you're not taking a risk, if, if faith isn't being expressed in a way, in a tangible way where you're doing something, there's really very little need for power. But the more you put yourself in a position where power is required, power is needed, power is the only way this is going to happen, the more times you'll find that the Holy Spirit will come and flow through you. Okay, that's chapter five. Sorry, couldn't wait. Had to get that out. That was in my system. It was, I was a teenager when I discovered that verse. Oh gosh, and it just blew me away. I thought, oh, I got to obey, I got to obey, I got to obey. Because I was going to try to earn the Holy Spirit by obedience. And I didn't realize it's not, it doesn't work that way. It's just as the obedience comes by hearing. When we hear the Lord tell us, you know, that person over there, I've brought her across your vision or I brought him across your vision so that you could see what I'm seeing 
and I want you to go and, and release comfort to that person. Okay? There's a reason why, why all of a sudden you notice. We think we notice and we just think, oh, I noticed that. Oh, I don't have time for that. And, and we, we move away from it. No, oftentimes that could be the very voice of the Lord, one of the ways in which he communicates to you. English is not his primary language. And so I find that dreams, visions, and impressions, and, and when he brings something across your path and you see it and you, you connect with that, as you follow the leading of the Lord, you will see the manifestation of the flow of the Spirit and it will touch and it will be active and present and there will be glory, <laughs> there will be power, there will be amazing, amazing things. One hundred percent of the time, no doubt. You may not see it one hundred percent of the time, but one hundred percent of the time, love has been expressed, and that's always a win. Now we love it when they get healed. We love it when their grief and their sorrow changes, or their depression lifts, or whatever's happening. Addictions are broken, demons are cast out. We we love that. That's great. But we, we've got to understand that the goal is always love. And every time love is released, the power of God is released. Okay? So you're wondering how, okay? Rulers and elders of the people. If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. It's in the name of Jesus. You'll notice that the disciples never, never, never take credit. They always give credit huh, to God. To Jesus. Make sure you know who did it. Don't think it was me. It was him. And when we get that revelation, that really becomes a part of us, then it's real easy to engage other people in unpredictable circumstances because we know that we're just a vessel for him to flow through. We're just a means for his ends to touch in a, in a significant way, the life of another. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. Okay, pretty. Oh, the question was, how did the crippled guy walk? Oh, it's the name of Jesus. And by the way, let me just go on and preach a little. That is the only name by which men can be saved. Yes. Boom. Now that went over well with the religious authorities, don't you think? Oh, yes. mm -hmm. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Okay, this is the Passion Translation. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. 
Did you get that? Oh my stars. I mean, they're having this encounter and they're, they're getting, they've, they've got the living testimony right there. It, you can't refute it. It's, it's right there. And he told them how it happened and, and, and he expands it to salvation and salvation is not just going to heaven. It's, it's wholeness. It's, it's all of life. It's found in no one else but in Jesus. <laughs> and then they notice that these guys aren't even educated. And yet look at the boldness, look at the courage, look at, look at how they, and they, <laughs> they realize, and I, I just love the Passion Translation of this way. <laughs> they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. I would recommend you buy the translation of the, pa the Passion Translation, if nothing else, so you can just underline that in your Bible and, and get it there, get it highlighted. When we understand what spending time with Jesus does, just by spending time with Jesus, supernatural stuff's going to start to happen. Expressions of the tangible love of God is going to manifest in the earth just because you were in the presence of Jesus. It's the most important thing that can happen in a believer's life is spending time in the presence of Jesus. It's not having your devotional. It's not reading five chapters in the Old Testament and 10 chapters in the New Testament. It's not going through your Bible program. All of those are good, but there's a difference between doing something and being in his presence. That's nice when they overlap when as you're doing it, his presence comes. But sometimes we think that just doing our devotional for the day, we can check that off the list. And you know what? Jesus feels like you just checked him off. Don't check off Jesus. He wants to be with you all day. He loves you. <laughs> oh. So after that, they're making this observation. They understand who these guys are. They send them out of the courtroom. They, they deliberate. They, they confer with one another. They try to figure out what they need to do. It says, what are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they've done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Yeah. Then they called them in and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Folks, we gotta, we, we've got to let this marinate, let it get inside us. Let, let, this, let this passion of, of seeing what Jesus is doing in the earth, participating, practicing every day. When you go about your normal day, doesn't matter what the day is. If you're going to the gym, if you're going to the grocery store, if you're going uh, to work, you're going to recreate, you're going... Uh, to a doctor's appointment, you've got something where you're going, just plan on something happening along the way, okay? 
Some of us will need to add a few more minutes to our schedule. Don't pack your schedule in. Don't make your schedule so tight. Have some God moments kind of already scheduled in your calendar. Okay, so that you can do that. Sometimes I got my calendar too packed. You know, and then when God moves, I got to call Michelle and say, Michelle, call the next appointment, tell him I can't make it. Don't, don't do that. Try to, try to get some things. It's hard, it's hard to discern. But the more we do it, I think the, the, the better we'll be at doing those kind of things. After further threats, notice threats. That's all the enemy can do is threaten. Threat, 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 threat. They're getting blue in the face. They're making threats. In Act 2, they really get blue in the face with threats. Because we find that they're not just disturbed like they are in, in chapter 4. When you get to chapter 5, they have murder in their hearts. They're ready to kill the apostles. Hmm. They let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Wow. OMG. Now that's, that's fun. That's fun. You can take that up. That's why these things need to be shared. We need to be treasuring these things. You know, when Chuck tells me of, of something that's happened at the car dealership and he's gotten a word of wisdom for someone or he's taken a young guy and they're going out and they're doing evangelism and the Lord's given him supernaturally the names of people at the card counter. Those things are, they just build faith. You know, don't hold those things back. Share those things because that brings in an enthusiasm in God, an extra energy excitement that is God-centered. It's not man-centered, you know. I'm not going to put Chuck up on a pedestal and just think, Chuck is so amazing. Chuck is amazing. He really is. But when the Holy Spirit flows through him, man, that is, that is just great. Let's let the Holy Spirit flow through us. Let's share testimony. Let's encourage one another. That's what the community is supposed to be doing. As we are doing stuff and encouraging one another, I find that criticism just really goes down. If, if you find that you're getting more critical and you're getting more nitpicky and you can find 15 things wrong with, with my hairstyle, <laughs> then you probably haven't been doing the stuff. You probably haven't had the, the intimacy. You probably haven't been obeying, haven't been listening and obeying. You haven't been doing. You haven't taken a risk and, and seen God come through. And, and you don't have really anything to encourage yourself. You know, there was a time in David's life when he had to encourage himself. There was no encouragement to be found. Matter of fact, his, his devoted, loyal men that were with him wanted to kill him because their village was raided while they were out. And the, the, the wives and the children were all taken. And David had to learn how to encourage himself in the Lord. I think one of the ways that we can learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord is not just spending time with him, but when, when the enemy is trying to bring you know, darkness from here and attack from here and temptation from over here. And he's, he's trying to bring bad report after bad report. Then all of a sudden we just need to go out into the marketplace 
and see what Jesus is doing and partner with him when we all of a sudden get highlighted a certain person who has a need and we go up and make an inquiry and we have an impact on their life. And there's nothing like connecting with a person in public at the marketplace where they get touched and they get blessed. It brings great encouragement. Most of us are depressed when we're not doing that. It's really depressing when all we have to do is to, to fry the preacher. That's, that's no fun. He's, he's, I'm easy. I mean, that's more than a slow ball. Yeah. Let's get busy. Let's get busy doing the stuff, doing the stuff that's really, 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 really matters. So they come back, they have a prayer report. They have a report and prayer service. Um, let's, let's quickly look at the prayer service. I'm, I'm just going to go right down to verse 29, chapter 4. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Once again, threats, 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 threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. God. That's what they did. That's their prayer. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Once again, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking. Filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the word of God boldly. It's filled with the Holy Spirit, not speaking in tongues this time. Filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the word of God boldly. Okay? Let's make sure we understand. Filled with the Holy Spirit comes with a speaking manifestation, comes with a doing manifestation. They spoke, place was shaken. I don't know if we're going to have, you know, reruns in heaven, but I would love to see this one. I'd like to see how, how the place shook. I'd like to know if it was just a metaphor that God just, his presence came and they all just were quaking. Maybe they were shakers, quakers, something like that. Or did the actual building shake? Mm -hmm. And did OSHA come and check the foundation? Okay. Then we get to chapter five. Wow. Chapter five, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Do not lie to the Holy Spirit. When I look at this as, as a young believer, I never liked chapter five, especially the way chapter five started. I just thought, oh gosh, I might exaggerate or I might get inaccurate in my detail in my report and the Holy Spirit's gonna hit me and I'm gonna die. You know, this is, to me, I'm seeing this a little differently. And as, as we grow, I think you'll, you'll see scripture differently. But I, I'm, I'm looking at the residence of the Holy Spirit within the apostles, within the life of Peter and John. What happens when the Holy Spirit is living so completely limitless in your life that when someone lies, they're lying to the Holy Spirit. Whoa. I never quite looked at it like that. I thought, whoa. I thought they were just lying to the apostles. You know, you might get a spanking, but I, I you know, I, death, I'm not sure. But when we realize the seriousness of lying to the Holy Spirit, there's times when, when I've been confronted by someone who is so godly 
that there is almost a trembling and you dare not lie. You dare not say, I didn't do it. She did it. No. Stand there. You tell the truth. I don't know. I'll leave that for you and the Holy Spirit to continue to, to marinate and let that come into your to, to revelation. I have I've had people lie to me so and they didn't die. <laughs> so, so that's kind of a more of an indication on me. I need more. I need to be more filled with the Holy Spirit. Not that I want people to die. I just want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, I really hadn't thought through all of that, and I probably just confused a whole lot of you. And you're going away, and you're going to think that was a slow one. Don't bite on the temptation to. Go there. Go out and win somebody to Jesus today. (laughs) Go out and pray for someone. Go out and heal somebody. Okay. So lying to the Holy Spirit, that's serious. And we get the summary in chapter 5, verse 12. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits. And most of them were healed. All of them were healed. Everybody. All of them were healed. Now, are you getting a picture of what the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer who's walking in connection and is, is, is being filled with the Spirit and expressing the Word of God, speaking the Word, doing miracles, doing signs, doing wonders, we see what happens that you can't lie to them. And if they go by you, just their presence can release healing. They said even the shadow of Peter. Well, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to radiate power and love through you as you are continuously being filled with him. Do not settle for any kind of walk in the kingdom, walk in your Christian life that in any way diminishes what God truly wants to do in and through you. He wants to so fill you up with himself and his glory and the glory of his, of his Holy Spirit that it's released in ways that telling the truth around you is important. And being around you when there's someone who's tormented or there's someone who's sick, you're you're one of the first ones that they want to go to because they know that the power to heal, the power to deliver, the power to release the love of Christ is in you. Do you believe that? I do. I do. 
All of them were healed. Courtroom drama number two. And with this, we'll close. Then the high priest and all the associates, chapter 5, verse 17, who were members of the party of Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. This isn't the Sanhedrin jail. This is the public jail now. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Okay, they got arrested before and were thrown in jail and were left over the night and nothing supernatural happened. They had to wait till the next morning and they, they get an opportunity to, to share how the, the miracle took place in the name of Jesus. And now we get the summary that the apostles are just healing, that there's miraculous signs and wonders that are taking place. People are getting healed and saved and the numbers adding, they're up to 5,000. Things are really cooking. Things are going on and now they get arrested again because the religious authorities are jealous and they have murder in their hearts. So they spend the night in jail and while they're in, in their cell with a guard over the cell, cell's locked, and an angel of the Lord comes, and they have an escape, and they're gone. Now, I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yes. Anybody like an angel to come and, and just unlock the door and get you out of whatever you're into? Isn't that amazing? What do you think that did for their faith? I mean, I, they're already full of the Holy Spirit. They're doing this. They're doing that. The miracles are taking place. The signs and wonders are taking place. Now an angel breaks them out of jail, the public jail, the secure public jail, the, the one that is the Roman jail. They're, they're out. Wow, it's going great. And then the angel says, now go back. <laughs> and do what you were doing that got you put here in the first place. Oh, I love the story. So they, they are just so full of faith. They are fearless. And they just go right back at the temple gates and start proclaiming the full message of Jesus. Boom, 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 boom. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the Sanhedrin's getting ready to convene and they say, okay, go get the prisoners. And they find out the prisoners aren't there. Prisoners are gone. The guards are there, the cell's locked, but they aren't there. And then somebody comes back and says, you know those guys you arrested yesterday? They're out doing the same thing they did. You know, did you guys change your mind about them? <laughs> you know, did you release them in the night? They got off, you know, you forgot to read them their rights or some technicality and now they're back. No. And so they're out and they're proclaiming the gospel. They're preaching the good news. They're talking about the fullness of the gospel of Jesus. And as they're doing that, they get arrested again. <laughs> but now everybody, all, all the popular, all, all the normal people, the common folk, they all, they're following this. They lo they're, they're loving Jesus. They're, they're hearing the message. They're receiving it with glad hearts. It's only those with vested interests that don't like it. And so now there's real opposition that's taking place. And so they're coming against them. 
<sighs> and so it goes on. They want to kill him. They don't know what to do. All of this has taken place because they're proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They're healing the sick. They're casting out demons. Uh, broken bodies are being whole. And so Acts chapter 5, verse 40, it says that Gamaliel had, had got up and he spoke and they all listened to his reason. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Okay, ouch. We've seen the passion of the Christ. We understand what flogging looks like. That's not good. That is really, really painful. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. They wanted to kill them, but they flogged them and let them go. So here's they, they leave. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. There's the name of theme again today, the name of Jesus. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching, proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They never stopped. They never stopped. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's not only power, but courage that comes. There's a boldness that comes. Whenever you're feeling timid, whenever all of a sudden worry and anxiety is starting to get off the charts, you need to just say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Fill me. Because right now, anxiety is getting the best of me. Fill me. You know, we all have to do that because we've lived enough life and we've had enough circumstances that we have triggers that we don't even know that when we, we come across something because we had a, a, an experience in our childhood or our young adulthood or just in the past, we may not even know what, but we, we, we've had auto accident, we've had this, all of a sudden this happens and the anxiety button and, and the fear and the panic and everything... You know, I, I've seen a friend of mine on, on Facebook that just says, I'm having panic attacks. I'm having panic attacks. She's been on vacation. I can't wait to pray for her when she gets back. The Holy Spirit's presence. You know, when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you actually feel invincible. You really do. It's like, oh, you want to take the hill? Yeah, I'll take it. Anybody else want to go? No, I, let's go. You know, it doesn't matter what others are going to do or not going to do. When the Holy Spirit has filled you, you're ready to launch and go. Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, You've been busy, you've been stressed, you've got this pressure, you've got this pressure, and all of it's coming down, and all this. You're missing quiet times, you're missing times with the Lord. You haven't been able to really find time with Jesus except for hit and miss here and there. And, and you're just feeling, sh well, you know what? Here's what I'm convinced of. 
Better get up higher and make sure you... The enemy knows how we, how we operate. The enemy knows that when we have spent time and we've been in the presence that we feel... <laughs> and when we haven't, you're getting all these little whispers saying, oh, you chose to do this, then to spend time doing that. Oh, you really haven't spent time. You're really, you're, you're really not prayed up enough to be able to go out and, and to witness. Oh, you know the Lord is really upset because you haven't spent time. In all and all of this comes and we conclude that our Holy Spirit fullness meter is down to zero or one or two when we're probably still functioning at an eight. On your worst day, as you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you can get below an eight. I really don't. We think we can. We think that we've lost it all. We think that we've lost our salvation. We think that we've lost everything. But those are the thoughts that come from the enemy. Thoughts is how the spirit world communicates. And I guarantee you, most of the thoughts that you think are your thoughts are not your thoughts. They've been inspired by the evil one who watches and knows your patterns and knows exactly when to slip a thought in and we embrace it. And as a result, it has power over us. What if it's true? What if even my, an eight, what if it's always a 10? What if, it, what if you never, never, never have any kind of shortage? What do you think? Then who's the, who's the one that's making us feel like we're inadequate to engage in a real time space event? It's the evil one and our own fears and insecurities. That's why I love the Holy Spirit who comes and fills us and gives us boldness and courage. There's a, an invincibility. It's like you just played Mario, Butter, Mario Brothers and you've swallowed that little energy pill and you can run through the ducks, the geese, the bad guys. You can blow through everything because you've got the power. So let's put on the whole armor of God and report for duty. Let's not put on the whole armor of God and take a nap. <laughs> it's time to get engaged. Let it begin today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Mm. We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. We're so thankful that you have sent to the earth your spirit, your Holy Spirit, that we might know you better. Spirit of wisdom and revelation come. Fullness of connection and presence with you come. Cause us to be so aware of who you are that the enemy can't use our circumstances to intimidate, uh, to manipulate, to in any way seduce us to anything but obedience and love in our walk with you. I pray, Father, that uh, the thoughts that are 
trying to filter through, that's, that's nice theology, but in reality, this is the way things are. I pray, Father, that you would, you would release truth to trump our thoughts and the evil one's thoughts that we think are our thoughts with your thoughts. Cause us to become aware that we can't afford to have any thought about ourselves that's not in harmony with your thoughts about us. And give us a grace and an empowering ability to no longer to agree with the thoughts that come from any other source but you. And so, Father, we pray, stretch forth your hand to do mighty miracles, signs and wonders. Oh, enable us to speak with great courage and boldness the truth of your love to those who are hurting today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.